The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like sex and intimacy, Ooh. having your cake and eating it too, <laughs> kindness as a weapon. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We don't. In fact, <laughs> on this very podcast, Sam, do you remember when I learned... <laughs> what the on, phrase, yeah, having your cake and eating it too much. It was on a Patreon episode. And I was like, I don't really get that episode. It's like, I want cake and I also want to eat it. And Sam's like, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I had like the most basic revelation on air on one of our Patreon episodes. Because so. you can't, you can't. I can't have, have the it. cake in your hand and also eat it. But like on the episode, I was like, yes, I can. I like physically can eat it with my hands. <laughs> It's was, a dumb phrase. Yeah, I was very confused. Anyway, this is all to say we are not professionals. Please take our advice as you see fit. And guess what? You can disagree with us. Oh, please That's do. That's the most beautiful thing about the human experience is that we are, all have different varying opinions or lenses of understanding through which we process the world. And uh, Sam and I are just doing the best that we can, just like you are. So please feel free to take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to, sh to hopefully shed some understanding understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 69, 69. Sam. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Air high five. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been making jokes about 
that this is going to be the sex episode or the sexapode, as I like to call it. Sexisode. Sexisode. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's not going to be. However, we did pick out one sex-related question. Yes. In honor of 69. Yes. You know, because if we didn't make it. Because we're children and think that 69 jokes are super funny. Yeah. And Spencer basically threatened me if we didn't make a 69 joke that he would just edit the entire episode out to be silence. (laughs) (laughs) So you're welcome, Spencer. I feel like Spencer is taking too much creative control of this podcast. He's a producer, you know? That's right. He can tell us what's what. Yeah. Okay. We're Um, just the talent. (laughs) uh, Question. Yeah. Is. Uh, is 69 something enjoyable for you? <laughs> like the number? My mother listens to Come this on, podcast. I gotta make you uncomfortable at least a little. Okay, let's get into a different check-in topic before Sam explodes. Um, I, we, a couple weeks ago, I asked the internet, aka our Instagram, for a bunch of check-in topics, and y'all came out in hordes. Oh my God, so many. And they're so helpful. So I'm going to do this like once every month or so because now we have a thousand new check-in topics from you all. Um, And I'm not going to say which like your usernames because I feel I'm not, I didn't like ask for permission to, to, and I want to keep some anonymity. Yes. And consent is important. So I'm sorry I'm not shouting you out, but for the next couple episodes or a couple months, we're going to be answering your wonderful check-in topics. So thank you, Instagram followers. If you don't already follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Breakout Pod and on Facebook as well. Right. Also, we have an amazing Facebook group that's like thriving with almost probably like over 700, uh, not Instagram, Facebook users there and they're having really wonderful conversations about their own relationship problems or date etiquette etiquette or and they're sharing funny memes like just like we do on our instagram so it's a super cute wholesome place so sure i just love that they're all like like everyone is talking to themselves i know i love it and well it's cultivating community and because sam and i can't be there all the time um but but it reminds you that we never we truly are never really alone in all of these lived shared horrible experiences absolutely and also the good ones (laughs) aka love (laughs) anyway okay so the check-in topic that we chose this week is uh tips on how to deal with running into your your significant other's exes potentially often Mm -hmm. and how to deal or not get upset when they are friendly to their exes. Mm, Okay. mm -hmm. And that that episode or that episode, oh my God, that check-in topic stood out to me or that question stood out to me because I feel like it's Mm multi-layered, right? Like we always have to deal with exes because nobody comes without a history. Right. And... Jealousy is a very slippery, easy route to take For sure. because insecurities are much more louder than our logic sometimes. Um, but it also it, it's a question that leads so well into head and heart work of mm-hmm. like intentionality and trust and vulnerability and things like yeah. that. For sure. So, any I know you have some lived experience yeah. when it comes to this. <laughs> you want to delve into that? Um, yeah, I'm. I just want to say that like I can understand how difficult this can be because. When I was dating a person who shall not be named, um, who had had, you know, quite a few who hmm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this in a way that's not judgy, uh, who like enjoyed having sex with people in his friend group and uh, sort of in his broader community. Right. Um, 
so like every time I would meet someone, he'd be like, oh, this is this person who's my friend. And also we have hooked up multiple times. And he would disclose that to you constantly. Yeah, he would disclose it to me all the time. Do you think it was to make you uncomfortable or was it for the sake of honesty? We had a, you and I had a great conversation a couple uh, episodes back of like, do you divulge to a new mm-hmm. significant other if you slept with someone? And yeah. we had some varying opinions on that. Yeah, I think he was doing it just out of the sake of being honest. Like, yeah. I think that. I think that in retrospect, I'd like to assign a lot of like negative intentions to oh the things God. that he did. <laughs> but I also think that he was just like sometimes unaware of other people's like feelings. percent. <laughs> so I feel like he just said it because it was true. Right? right. Which I think is actually not a bad way to go about that stuff. Like we talked about in that in right. that episode, like sometimes I think it's better to just be like, this isn't a thing because it's not a thing. Right. right? I'm going to tell you that this happened because it's not a thing anymore. Right. Um, and that's fine. But the issue was, is that it was like still a thing with people. So like that was part of the problem. <laughs> it was still a thing. <laughs> um, and so like, I understand how it feels to be like around people who have been with your current partner and like how weird that can feel. Yeah. And the, and let's, let's break that down before we get into like the difficult head in our work. Yep. That's difficult because we've been taught that it's difficult. Mm-hmm. We've been conditioned to be, to feel insecure and jealous. Like there's no narrative, um, in popular culture or media that tells us not to do that, right? Right, for sure. Um, And also because, like I said earlier, um, our insecurities are so loud and big in our brain, Mm -hmm. right? And they're the loudest when we feel panicked, you know? It's it's hard to reach into the your well of inner resi- like resilience when you're like, oh my God, am I as pretty as that person? Mm-hmm. Did he love her more than me? You know, it's, it's when you're, pan- when in you're, when you're in that panicked mode where you really need to like empower yourself, it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what is hard for me to give advice about this is because it's like, it just became easier the more self-assured I became like the more like I understood myself and that I was like spending less time comparing myself to other people then it became easier to talk with partners about their exes and to run into those exes too yes totally and I think um but I do think that like that feeling is a very normal feeling and I think I I still have it too like when Peter talks about his like Boston Sam, which is the Sam that he dated before he dated me. <laughs> I love that you're outing that. Yep. Um, like, I still feel like this twinge of like, was he better than me? Oh, my God. That's funny because you made a <laughs> face at me in Austin when we were recording. And then I I think I admitted in the Q&A um, that I don't like I like get nauseous when I picture my significant others kissing their exes. <laughs> Well, that I don't get nauseous <laughs> thinking about him kissing. Okay, like, like maybe that was like dramatized, but like I don't, I just purposely don't think about it. Oh, I think about it, but I think my my the way that I compensate is that I'm like I will ask a lot of questions. About oh my god, him. bitch! I ask so many questions. Yeah, because I want to know. Because and it's like it itch, it's like be, itching. Yes. It's like itching a wound that's trying yeah. to heal. And you're like, I just want to know. Like, let me picture it so that I feel more assured in myself. When in reality, like, more details is not necessarily a good thing. True. But for me, it feels like a good thing because then I'm like, oh, here's how we're different. Or totally. like, here are ways in which you're not just redating the same Sam. But <laughs> Which me, is like my fear totally, about the relationship totally. of like, did you just replace me with a different person than Sam? A different Sam, Yeah. <laughs> But I feel like the the where I would need to hold us accountable is like why do we need those details mm-hmm. when like their love and reassurance should be enough? Right. And it, 
like, why can't, we always ask our listeners, like, you know, why can't you give that closure, forgiveness, self-love uh, love to yourself or whatever? Similarly, when I ask my girlfriend, like, about her exes, I'm doing it because uh, slightly out of paranoia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I want, to, I'm like, re, I'm reassured when I hear that, you know, her and I are more, uh, like, equatable or compatible. compatible. Mm -hmm. And I'm reassured to hear that she, that they, that those relationships went down in flames. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. But at the same time, I think there's a little self-sabotaging voice in me that's like, what if she slips up and says something? You know what I mean? Do <laughs> <laughs> you feel that way? <laughs> what if she slips up and says like how much she misses them? And then I would have to deal with that. I'm revealing a very vulnerable part of myself <laughs> right now. I really hope... <laughs> That the we knew the second was going to bring in the insecurities in both of us. Um, I don't, even though I ask questions about this person that Peter dated, I don't feel like it comes from a place of like insecurity. I feel like it comes in from a place of I want to know more, but I also don't want to ask a lot of yes. questions because I don't want to come across as being like a crazy person. Yes, I you. This Let's is where our crazy. Gemini aligns. As, right. We're so similar in this way. <laughs> I don't want to come across as being someone who is like hung up on Peter's ex and the person that he dated. Yeah, and also to a certain extent, it's hard to ask about like your significant other's exes because like who knows what trauma is there that like yeah. they don't want to bring into this new relationship. Yeah. One more interpersonal question between you and I and our little, you know, conniving Geminis uh -huh. before we get back to the actual question at hand. <laughs> right. Do, did you like Instagram stock Sam number one? No. You didn't like look, you're, you weren't interested in knowing what he looked like? No. That's where, that's where we diverge <laughs> is that I'll, uh, I don't know why. It's like, cause I want to know that they're like more beautiful than me mm. or less. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and then, which is better, that they're more beautiful than me or that they're less? And then I'm like, well, I don't, uh, is... It's a double-edged sword for sure. I know. That my that that is like the small part of my, the 10% the of my body that is vanity. It's coming out. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't consider myself a vain person, but I, when I feel insecure, then that act of comparison comes out of the woodwork for sure you know and i'll be in like a happy loving healthy relationship and i'll be comparing myself anyway you know so this is me being like i should knock that off and just be present and happy <laughs> which i am <laughs> i feel like i'm digging myself into that well that we always talk about <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh, yep mm -hmm. anyway going back to running into the exes and um being uncomfortable or potentially upset that your that your significant other was friendly. Mm -hmm. Okay, and while this is a very very understandable, like you potentially universal feeling or experience in some some way, mm -hmm. I do want to do like a little bit of tough love to um, to us and the Just Breakup community and say that it is impossible to date somebody without a past and. In reality, running into an ex and being friendly to them, 
literally has no say or weight on the quality of your current present relationship. Right. And the real the real tough love is like do you want them to be a dick? Like do you want to <laughs> date an asshole who's right. who tells you instead, "Oh my god, all of my exes were crazy bitches mm-hmm. and I don't respect them." And when I see them in the street, I like flip them off and run in the other direction. That's you real. know, like I I want to date the adult. Like, I want to date the adult that can be in the same room with his or her ex because their relationship didn't end in a toxic, you know, dumpster fire. Right. Um, That might be a tall order. No, and I think, but I think that's right. And I think that there's, I just feel like the, um, like, honestly, the older that you get, the more you realize how interconnected everyone is. Yeah. And so, like, you can't, like... Like I can't go places without running into exes, right? Like, and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be an asshole to them because like for like our breakup may have been our breakup was amicable or like right. whatever it's not worth it to like get into it. I'm just gonna say hi and give them a hug and be like, how are you right. doing? And then like walk away because that's easier. Right. And I think I think that's just the reality of like the way in which humans are interconnected is that like sometimes we just have to be nice to people that are around us even if we don't really want to be yeah and and to the person who wrote in he's with you right he's and, with you right and and this is this is where the head and heart work comes in because there are a thousand ways we can break our own hearts every day mm-hmm. like every day I can wake up and be like oh my god I have a pimple I hate myself oh my god I bought the wrong food. I'm such a dumbass. Yep. Uh, oh my God. My boyfriend still talks to his ex-girlfriend from three years ago. He must hate me. Mm-hmm. Like there are a million labyrinths we can um, lose ourselves in just with our own anxieties and insecurities. Right. This is not a battle that you want to wage against yourself. No. He's with you. He's being friendly. And the head and heart work comes in when you decide, you know what? I'm not going to let this make me feel insecure because I'm so secure. Mm -hmm. not only in our love but in myself like i'm not gonna let this bother me i'm a big woman i'm gonna take care of it for sure and those anxieties and those insecurities are our brain's way of trying to protect us of of trying to uh make sure that we are uh are preparing ourselves for everything that could go wrong so that we don't get caught in something that makes us feel foolish or in something that makes us feel sad or, or hurt right but those those insecurities actually don't serve us those those anxieties don't actually serve us right um and so the thing is 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 sort of recognizing that those things are are really real and then saying listen no matter how much i stress about whether or not my boyfriend loves me i cannot control whether or not he loves me exactly i cannot control whether or not he cheats on me with my ex those things are outside of my control all i can do is trust in the fact that i can make good decisions for myself and that i wouldn't put my love and trust into someone who I think would hurt me. Exactly. And I'm going to close this check-in topic with an awesome quote that I read today that I thought was just so powerful. It's by this woman named Chani Nicholas, and you can find her on Instagram. I follow her on my personal page. Um, she just has like such great holistic quotes about like doing the head and heart work that we're talking about. And, you know, Sam and I both believe that the the instincts or the reaction to be insecure and jealous um, or potentially upset with your spouse for this scenario is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like you have been one way or another trained to feel that way. For sure. That's a reasonable reaction. Yep. But 
we are going to give ourselves the gift of a response instead of a reactionary thing. Mm -hmm. And the quote, the Chani Nicholas quote is the survival strategies that you've had to develop over your lifetime are completely understandable, reasonable, logical in their own right. Mm -hmm. But they are no excuse for staying stuck in a pattern that keeps you resentful, fearful, or forgetful of your agency. Wow, I love that. <laughs> I know, right? I just got chills. I know, doesn't it? Because I think that speaks to it all and speaks so much to our ideology at Just Break Up of like you're, what you're feeling is okay, but it's not enough reason to stay in that feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Or that might be a slappy way to describe it, but. Yep. No, I feel like we both tried to say what that person just said, <laughs> know, but like, like really sloppily. <laughs> anyway, that's how we feel about uh, when you run into your significant other exes. I mean, it sucks also. <laughs> it does, but it can also be... Not sucky. It can, right? And it can also be a good learning moment too, yes. right? Like if you like run into your or your your partner's ex and they're friendly and you're like, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? Why am I feeling it? Like... That can that moment of discomfort can be a way for you to say, I don't want to feel this way. Yep. I trust my partner. Nothing weird is going to happen. I don't need to compare myself to this person. And I just want to be happy in this moment and not have to worry about those things that don't matter. Right? Crushed it. That's exactly it. All right. Let's get into some letters for episode 69. Let's do it. So the first one's about sex. Thanks, Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. 69. Yes. So this is from Jane Doe, who's writing from the South. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I am studying to be a counselor, and I find that your advice is so wholesome and healthy. Listening to it has been a great way to establish healthy ways to talk about relationships, and I love it. I've referred clients to listen to it so they can get a sense of how healthy relationship conflict can go. I have a question that I have heard from many women. I have an amazing boyfriend that I live with. He's sweet, attentive, and so loving. He is my best friend, and I am so in love with him. We have an amazing sexual compatibility, and we have sex about once a week. I know that once a week is by no means not a lot, especially for a long-term relationship between two two busy adults. We have been practicing open communication. He's actually listened to a couple episodes with me, Mm. and it helps. I have a higher sex drive than he does, so even though I'm tired, I'm more willing to have sex. He will want sex almost as much, but not want to act on it because he's tired, etc. During the weekend, we usually have sex at least once. We have talked about how his lower sexual drive is in no way about me, and I believe him. I think I feel abnormal, though. Men are, quote, supposed to want sex more, and we have been told time and time again by everyone. I know that it's just not true, but I still feel very alone. I want that passion of a new relationship, but that we just can't keep our hands off of each other passion. I wouldn't trade our loving relationship for anything, but I want help soothing those insecurities. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for writing and listening. Right. And for like referring your clients to us. I love that. (laughs) Um, Okay. So... Like maybe you should answer this, <laughs> but I'll I'll give you a start. I'll like introduce uh, you, you know. Uh-huh, yeah. And the introduction would be, um, I think that uh, the media, popular culture, fuck even history, um, but particularly popular culture paints a picture of male ma- uh, sexuality that I don't think necessarily matches the reality mm-hmm. of what happens um, in interpersonal relationships across the world. For sure. Right? And 
I think that we, one of the bigger problems in a, a question like this is that we don't have the language and we, we, we haven't given men the language or, uh, or the tools to have a nuanced sexuality versus a caricature of mm. male sexuality. Yeah, for sure. Men, you know, there's not, you know, for women, it's like, oh, I don't want to have sex tonight. I have a headache. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's the trope. Yeah. That's this, that's a literal <laughs> phrase that we recognize uh-huh. as a representation of female sexuality. And isn't that fucked up? <laughs> oh, for sure. Um. Yeah. So what are your feelings? Yeah. But like, so that's fucked up and also fucked up is the portrayal of male sexuality as just being virile. Right. I want it, I want it, I want it, unless you tell me I can't have it. Yes, and and so what I'm saying is at least women have that trope, whereas men don't even have the language. You know, we don't even have the words to describe the nuance of all human body sexuality, no matter the gender or sexual identity. For sure. Um, That every body is different and every level of desire is different. Right. And I think that's the important thing to recognize is that, like, not all men want sex all of the time. Right. Totally. <laughs> right. And I think um, there are probably a multiple different reasons why your partner doesn't want to have sex all the time. Right. That, honestly, Jane, have nothing to do with you. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And it might it might be that he honestly is tired. Maybe he doesn't value sex that much. Maybe sex is not how he expresses his intimacy or mm-hmm. his love for people. Maybe it's that he has some sort of sexual trauma in the past and like just doesn't like it that much anymore. Like there are multiple different reasons why this could be happening in the same way that there are multiple different reasons why a woman would have a different level of libido. Right. Right. The fact is, is that we are all humans who, for whatever reason, uh, like or dislike and want or don't want sex uh, in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, but I think it's really real to sort of sit in that moment of being like, well, I thought men were just supposed to want it all the time. Right, exactly. I think that as women, and I, I'm sure I've been guilty of this because I am I am a product of cultural conditioning. For sure. Um, I think that we can actually be a bit dismissive of uh, men's desires or lack thereof because we assume that to them it is just a physical act, mm. you know, or it's just an act of desire, right? Yeah. And but in in reality, to 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 say that it's just a physical act for men is to deny them the right to have an emotional, vulnerable connection to sex. Mm-hmm. In and and it's actually you reinforce this societal narrative that sex is a conquest for men right. versus an uh, still to this day an act of vulnerability and intimacy with your partner. Um, so I think I just wanted to add that in there um, for um, our listener to remember that it's it's more complicated than maybe just wanting it, right? Just mm-hmm. getting it in. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not saying that to say that he doesn't want to be vulnerable with you, but also remembering that um, for some people, regardless of their gender, um, to have sex is actually a bigger deal than to just do it when you're tired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that you want to be present for it and, yeah, and you want sure. it to be a thing, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, 
I mean, let's take gender out of this for a second, which would be my ideal world, (laughs) (laughs) and say it is absolutely normal and valid for you to be wondering or desiring to have more, like wondering why your compatibilities are off Mm -hmm. or uh, to be desiring to have more sex in your relationship. That yeah. I want to normalize that out the gate, no matter how long you've been together. For sure. And no matter who you are in the relationship or who you're with, uh, it's, a, it's a very normal thing to want more sex and to also, again, instantly reroute to anxiety instead of a surety mm-hmm. when it says, like, why aren't we having more sex? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I've definitely dealt with that, and I've definitely... More than that, I the the problem that I've had to deal with is that I will in in my insecurity I will see it as rejection mm. instead of like a multi layered nuanced human experience <laughs> that I would hope my partner would grant me if mm-hmm. I f- felt the same way or if I wasn't interested in having sex. For sure. Um, yeah. Have you ever experienced something like this? Um, yeah, I think I've experienced both sides of it. Yeah. Of of being in a relationship where I wanted more sex because I was 22 years old and that was like a very important mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like getting older and being in relationships where I was like, sex honestly is not that important to me. Right. <laughs> like totally. it is. And I am like, I'm a sexual person right. and enjoy having sex, but it's also like, this isn't a thing that we need to do all of the time. Right. Uh, it is not how I express my love. Like, I, I thought about love languages it. in yeah, this letter too. For sure. And I appre- like I appreciate it and I and I enjoy um the intimacy of it, but it is not it is not something that is like I need to be doing this all of the time. Yeah. I like don't think about it that much. Yeah. Right. Like and so I've been on both sides and I know how it feels on both sides to be sort of like, oop, there's a there's a level of non compatibility in this because one person wants it more and one person doesn't. But I also will say that it is a perfectly uh, reasonable thing to be able to navigate that. Mm-hmm. It is like it is you are absolutely capable of being like of figuring out a way to make sure that both people are getting what they need. Um, and I don't think that it is like in any way a relationship ender to have have uh, libidos or desires for sex that are different. I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's not even about. I'm not even sure it's about desiring each other at a different level as it might be about a difference in love languages. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you just might want to have, you might want to show your love in a a physical way more than your boyfriend does. Mm -hmm. And your boyfriend might show his love in acts of service, you know, doing the dishes for you or um, picking you up from work or making you dinner. Or he might want to show it to you in gifts or quality time or or whatever his love language is. And so there is some comfort in that in in a conflict, or this is not even a real conflict, Mm -hmm. but in an an experience like this where you feel like, you're not having sex as much as you want in the relationship, uh, you can take solace in maybe recognizing what are the other ways that my partner is showing me love. It, you guys sound like you have a great, healthy, respect-filled relationship where you live together, and he just might not need to show you his desire as much as he is showing you his love in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the biggest piece of advice I want to leave you with is... Um, This is going to sound like the least sexy thing to talk about on our episode 69, but this is something I learned in 
the mindful uh, relationship, ha- 25 mindful relationship habits mm-hmm. book that, that book? I yep. suggested s- several thousand episodes yeah, ago. I think it was like episode six or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they actually talk about how um, intimacy and sex become, can, are, are at the risk of becoming harder as you g- relax into your relationship right Mm, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you've been together for eight years and to initiate it you don't want to feel the the same rejection that you would feel if you rejected the first night you were together Mm. you know what i mean like the that the the more you get the more you're comfortable with someone the more it's hard to show that vulnerable part of yourself which is your desire yep and um they talk about how in more longer term relationships or fuck any any steady relationship in which you want to have a healthy sexual relationship they talk about having sexual or intimacy appointments like mm. like scheduling it on your shared google calendar yep and and uh like to ensure that you do it almost to force you into that intimacy not not in any non-consensual way but to take an already potentially uncomfortable situation in that like you guys are both feeling a little self-conscious about the sex you are or aren't having. Um, and, and instead you say, we were committed to this. We both want to show up to this appointment to each other and we're going to make, we we're going to make this happen between each other because we want to be close mm. because it might not have the same passion as when you were 21 and ripping your clothes off after a night at the bar. Right. For sure. It might not have the same passion of of the first night you spent together in that apartment, um, and but that doesn't mean you're not still in great need of that physical intimacy. Yep. Um, I don't know how gracefully or ungracefully I explained that, but I actually thought the idea of like sex appointments <laughs> was actually kind of like awkwardly endearing because you're saying like, I, I'm showing up for us. Like mm-hmm. I want to put this time in our calendar. And like, even if it's a little awkward as all conversations about sex are, mm-hmm. you, at least you're committing to each other. You're showing up. You're, you're having these mindful habits that help create a sustainable relationship. For sure. I also wonder, Jane, if there are other types of sexual intimacy that can happen between you two that aren't necessarily like sex, sex. Say it out loud, Sam. (laughs) Say it out loud. Say what you're talking about. (laughs) Like penis and vagina sex, right? Like, are there ways that you two can be sexually intimate together that aren't necessarily as high stakes as it might be to have like full on, quote unquote, sex, right? Yes. So is there an opportunity for like mutual masturbation right oral sex oral sex even naked baths or naked massages oh for sure or just like (laughs) naked baths in contrary (laughs) to the clothes baths (laughs) right yes (laughs) i'm washing me and my clothes have you ever seen that vine (laughs) (laughs) it's this woman in a bathroom who is clearly very drunk and she's like and it's full of water and she just keeps going i'm washing me and my clothes you know what (laughs) I love multitasking. Right. <laughs> um, but I I wonder if there's a way to create some space where you can enjoy intimacy that might also be erotic and sexual that doesn't feel as high totally. stakes as like sex does, yeah. right? Because sex can be <laughs> exhausting, right? Yeah. If you're tired, like honestly, if I'm tired, the last thing I want to do is have sex. It's I know. just like, oh my God. Oh my God, there's so much moving around. Can we like, and sometimes it's just like, can we just lie here and like, do things and like 
just lie Man, here. You guys, Sam is talking about sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> explicitly. And by explicitly, it's like, do things. Yeah. Uh, I'm over here like, dick, pussy, dick. That's right. But are there ways that you can explore something that, that would feel a little less like work? Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> right. But that also gives you the ability to, you know, experience physical pleasure with your partner. I totally agree. Sleepy, sexy things is a thing. Right? Um, But talk about sex. Talk about sex with your partner. It sounds like you already have that dialogue open. Continue it and continue it with great love and trust, understanding that your boyfriend is as equally nuanced and complicated um, and tenderhearted as you are. Absolutely. And uh, it sounds like you guys will have a good time. Yeah. Thank you so much for writing. Thanks, Jane. We love you. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Letter number two is from Anon Emus. Oh, who is writing to us from the Midwest. Hi, friends. I am writing to you because I trust you with my heart, and I know you will give me loving and honest feedback. I met a man at work late last year with whom I've had instant chemistry. We are very opposites in many ways and come from a drastically different background, but somehow we have this crazy connection I cannot explain. We spent a few intense months together before he informed me that he was not, in fact, getting a divorce like he told me he was, but he is living with his, instead living with his wife still and does not intend on leaving her. Whoa. Obviously, this was devastating as I'd been under the impression that he was actively in the process of divorcing her and moving out. He still persisted and asked me continuously to be his girlfriend and to this day is extremely frustrated that I won't commit myself to him due to the fact that he can't be, quote, all in like I would like would be in a committed relationship. He insists that he and his wife are only staying together because of their finances as they are very intertwined, but he has in moments of vulnerability admitted that he quote respects her too much to leave her woof let me just <laughs> uh, but he also doesn't want his lifestyle to change as he lives very comfortably in a large house with nice cars etc we have continued to spend time together and talk almost daily for Just for clarity, they don't have children together and his children are grown and out of the house. But the combination of the emotionally charged situation and the very little common ground that we start from causes us to bicker and fight a lot. Writing this all down makes it sound like such a crazy situation, but I just can't explain why I still care about this man so much and find myself missing him when we don't talk or spend time together. I genuinely care about how he's doing and want to hear how his day went. And I want him to be happy because I feel happy when I'm with him. He makes me feel special and loved. And despite our argument, he, arguments, he has come so far in his ability to communicate honestly and vulnerably with me. I know he is not the man that is right for me long term, as I am looking for a respectful, committed relationship with someone who is as available as I am. So my question is this. What do you do when you love someone who isn't good for you? What do you do when your heart hurts at the thought of leaving a person that you care about so much, but who can never be the person that you need them to be? How do I give up on something that feels so close to good, true love? Thank you for your wonderful work with the podcast. You both bring so much honesty, vulnerability, and love to those who, uh, those of us who need the relationship advice of caring souls like you. Oh, I know. <laughs> like half the letter, I want to like scream and roll my eyes, and the other half makes me very sentimental and tender-hearted. Yes. 
Um, okay, anonymous, Anon. Um, this is a great and very hard question. Yes. Um, one that I believe many listeners will relate to. For sure. And you're not going to like any of our answers. <laughs> because all of our answers are going to require you putting your head in front of your heart. Yep. And making the decisions that are harder but more right for you and the life you are trying to build. Mm-hmm. There is no future with this man. I don't care how, how much you care about his day. I don't care about how special you feel with him. If you want what you have said very clearly to us, what you want, you will not find it here. No. And that's so hard for us because let's make a metaphor out of this, right? If you're in a burning building, (laughs) right, (laughs) and you know you want to get some water and there's like a fucking ocean outside the burning building, but there's a glass of water in front of you. You're going to like drink that glass of water because you're going to think like, oh, well, at least I'll have the water right now Mm -hmm. and it'll be like kind of good. You know, we we always want to go to the thing that pleasures us most immediately. Right. We don't want to stay in discomfort. Yes. That alleviates the most most immediate need. Right. And so let's take stock of what your immediate needs are. Your immediate needs are to know that he desires and wants you, to Mm -hmm. know that um, he is choosing to stay in this infidelity for you, which says something, right? Infidelity always makes us feel important. Yes. And and salacious and and like the drama of it is very fueling. Both Sam and I know that. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just human makeup. Both sides. Been on both sides of that. Yep. Um, (laughs) Your other immediate need might be sex. Your other immediate need might be to prevent yourself from the discomfort of leaving him. Or, dare I say, the immediate need of being, uh, the immediate discomfort of being alone or potentially putting yourself through this with another person. For sure. Because how many times have you been like, oh my God, I don't want to break up with someone because I don't want to fucking do this again. <laughs> I don't want to be single and go on dating sites and deal with this shit again. I don't want to start real. from step one. That's right. But like, step one has to be better than this. For sure. I feel like, to use another metaphor. Yes, please. I feel like you have a toothache and you are going to the dentist and the dentist is like, I understand that you have a toothache. Here's and some I feel, sugar. I feel some really bad for you about that. I can't do anything about that, though. And you're like, okay, well, at least he's being honest with me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't know where you were going with that. But fuck. Fuck. Right? Like, I think that is so often what we are comfortable with doing. With doing. At least he's being honest with me is like a fucking knife in my (laughs) spine. Right? You're like, he's not doing anything to alleviate the toothache, but at least he looked in my mouth, made me feel seen, and then said, I can't help you. Good luck. You, I, my, every, every fucking cell in my body is being rearranged right now because it was dragged so hard. Right? I know so many, and this makes me think of so many of my friends who have said things to me like, well, he was awful and didn't pick up his phone for like 38 years, but then he told me he was avoiding it because he was stressed out. And I'm like, what, what, what about? (laughs) Right. He's still, but he still did the thing just because he's honest about it. No, I was like, honestly, when uh, Bachelor in Paradise was on, I read this review on um, Vulture 
that was about the, the, like, the awful people that are on that show. And she was like, since when did we decide that just being honest about the issue that we have is some, and not doing anything to fix that issue oh my God, oh my God, oh is my God. fixing the issue? Like... So many, I feel like so many people talk about like, oh my God, I'm going to be such a horrible partner. Like, I'm just a horrible partner. I'm sorry. Or like, oh my God, I just like really can't commit. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just can't commit. And then we're like, oh my God, but, but they said, they they said it, like they're acknowledging it. And that's like, that's not enough. Like the behavior has to change. Right. And I feel, I feel honestly anonymous. I feel sad for you in that you think that this is all that you deserve. Yep. Right. Like, and I, and I don't want to say that in a pitying way. It's just like my heart hurts thinking that you are in this relationship and, and you are thinking like, this is the best that I can do. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is the love that I am worthy of. Right. And the answer, it's absolutely not true. And, and I wanted to say to you, like, how much time are you wasting on this person that you could be spending on something else that has more value? Right. Like, how many tiny heartbreaks are you swallowing every single day to avoid the big heartbreak that will actually put you in a better position to be happy? Yup. And like, I'm sorry that I'm getting really worked up over this. I also <laughs> had a beer before we started recording. So <laughs> Sierra knows that when I like drink, I get more passionate about yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally told him, I can't tell when you're drunk, except for you just get more excited. <laughs> He's more excitable. He goes from like a standard, like, like a calm five to like at least an eight. Yeah, for sure. It's really intense. Um, like this man is not deserving of your love. No. He's not. And he he is making it clear that he doesn't actually even want your love. Like, Well, he no, he totally does. He I mean, totally does. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do be with you. Yeah. I'll say <laughs> it. He doesn't okay. want to be with you. I, that's that's what it is. He wants your love. He wants your body. He wants your time and For your sure. attention and your desire. He wants on his, his cake terms and to eat it too. What the fuck? <laughs> but he can't. That, I, I can't. I can't even break down that phrase because I don't understand it. Um, yeah, anonymous. And we are laughing and we're being really hard on you. Well, we're not because we very much relate to this. Oh, for sure. But we're giving you the tough love that you asked for because yeah, the tough it love is... that I would have given myself if I could have. Oh my God, for real. Um, I, and I want you to know, Anonymous, as we start yelling more and more in this answer, that this letter really pulls on some of my heartstrings, mm-hmm. especially the line about, you know, like truly what do you, the question of what do you do when you love someone who's not good for you? Because we have... Because it's true, like the heart wants what it wants, right? Mm-hmm. But you are more powerful than those desires, for sure, right? Um, and the the line that really gets me is, "How do I give up on something that feels so close to good, true love?" Oh, but again, stop. <laughs> we cannot pay bills with potential. No, we can't. We cannot get married and have a sustainable, happy, long relationship with potential. Yep. Right. Yep. And also, I think... Anonymous, and not even potential, right? Right. I wouldn't even... I, there's I, no I'm, potential in I'm, this. I'm not going to... Yeah, yeah. I want to take... While that statement is true, I don't even know if I would apply the word potential to this man. I would say bare minimum comfort. Right. Yep. Right? Having if, your basic needs met. Is not enough. No, it's not. You are deserving of more. And I think, honestly, Anonymous, once you break up with this person and begin to see what good, true love is actually is, you are not going to see this as close to it. You are going to see it as being far away from it in the same way that Sierra and I see it, which is why we are being so 
adamant about this is because we want to just like shake you and then hug you and be right. like, stop it. And also we love you. <laughs> you guys should see the hand motions he's doing. Like shaking shoulders and then the baby, yeah, the baby the, but, swaddle. But also we love you. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that covers it all. I also, one more thing to like, to leave you on like, on a high. Yep. If you leave him, you have all the power. Oh my God. And if he you, is in an unhappy marriage, right? For and sure. he, he obviously has some feelings for you that equate to nothing. Do not be confused by those feelings. You can't take those feelings to the bank. No, you, you can't. can't. You can't deposit them into any future with him. Mm-mm. Instead, get out while you can, cash out on on the time spent already, and go find out what that good, true, whole real love looks like in the out in the daylight. Absolutely. You deserve that. Life is too short to be in a mess like this, right? Yep. Like life is too short for you to and be And you know it. Right? To be like scrounging for table scraps that this person is giving you. You are worth a full yeah. meal. And the fact that he's like giving her shit about like not committing to him. Which oh my god. Why don't you go take one of your nice cars and drive it <laughs> off a cliff? <laughs> okay, but please don't do that and please don't see us if that happens. <laughs> Okay, well, he doesn't listen. <laughs> you don't know that. Um, anyway, obviously, I don't feel that much animosity towards him, and I feel nothing but love for you, Anonymous. We just want to make sure that you're living the life that you deserve. Absolutely. We love you so much. Thanks for writing. Thank you. All right. Our third and final letter comes from Molly T., who is writing from Las Vegas. Have you ever been to Las Vegas? I haven't. I have. But How I haven't it? done, like... I did like a series of poetry shows there. Oh, so not like the Las Vegas experience. Right. And and the time before that, I went when I was like 17. Oh, so like, yeah, no, not the full so, Las very Vegas sober. experience. Very sober. <laughs> um, I would for sure do it just to like have the experience. Yeah, I think so too. I imagine it would be a lot like being on the cruise. Yes. And we're also like, sorry to our listeners who live in Las Vegas. We are, of course, characterizing your city to be the one strip. (laughs) Nothing else. Nothing else to see. It's like how New York City becomes the entirety of New York. Right. Yes. Also, there's a lot of beautiful hiking in Las Vegas. Really? Yeah. Let's go. That's my friend. Okay. Hi, Sam and Sierra. A little over a year ago, I got out of a five-year-long relationship with a man I, at one point, Thought I was going to marry. Our split was initiated by me and overall fairly amicable, except for a point where I got pretty, I got very petty about my Amazon account, but that's not important. <laughs> no, that is important. That's so important. <laughs> Bitch, you want to know, I like my last significant other that I, that I, that dumped me. <laughs> I, was I love it say, when you talk about how much he dumped you. Well, I, I need to make sure that it's clear for our listeners and for my own like, like, I just so I it. remember the fact that that POS dumped me because <laughs> I didn't have good boundaries. Like, that's just like, it's like the constant no, I, wound of my life. I love how, like, intentionally you are about that. You're never like, we broke up. No, you're like, he left he me or he left dumped me you. <laughs> because I wouldn't leave him. So that's why I need, I need to remind myself that, like, no, this is a scar on your history that you couldn't bring yourself to break up with him, even though you had an awful relationship and he cheated on you a ton. I'm a tool, everyone. That's all you need to know. Sorry, did you want to finish the story about, <laughs> about Amazon? Oh, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, petty things that you did in a breakup. I, um, we, he like had made me a bunch of playlists on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I went and unfollowed them all individually. <laughs> 
like were for just for me. So uh-huh. it was like, how many listeners? Zero. <laughs> All crazy shit like that. Listen, sometimes we got to do it. Post-breakup, I was able to identify a lot of unhealthy behaviors and aspects of our relationship that we both contributed. But most glaring is the fact that I believed him to be predatory. He was 10 years older than me and 35 when we broke up. But shortly after our split, I saw him on Tinder and Bumble claiming to be under 30 and using years-old photos. That's so shady. <laughs> that is so shady. Some from even before we met. For some reason, this left me feeling disgusted and dirty. I find myself, even all this time later, having trouble processing things that happened during our relationship and after. The fact that I was so young when we met, he basically took me on a controlling parental role in my life while also being an intimate lover. He controlled many aspects of my life, including what sort of clothes I regularly wore and severely damaged my relationships with friends and family, some of which I am still trying to mend. He supported me financially, and because of that, when we broke up and I moved out, I had virtually no possessions of my own. Yet he still made me feel as though I had to give things up to him, art I had purchased for our home, a dresser, gifts he had bought me, etc. I am worried that this will have an effect on future relationships. Even now, I have trouble when people I've gone out with have offered to buy dinner, purchased me a birthday gift, or anything of that nature. I'm afraid of feeling like someone may try to exert that type of control over me again. How can I let go of these things that I feel are holding me back? I sometimes feel stunted by his and my relationship. I feel as though I'm still relearning how to be my own independent human being since I have become free of him. Some days I feel like I have come so far. My friends have commented that I am a completely different person than the girl they met while I was dating him. But other days I feel so small, insignificant, stupid, and naive because of the control I allowed him to have over me. Mm. How do I let go of the guilt of letting another human control my life? How do I gain confidence in myself now that I am a whole person? Thank you for reading this. My heart feels lighter just getting this out. You are two beautiful angels. Angels. I am anything but an angel. (laughs) Insert Charlie's Angels song or whatever. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about the new movie. We can talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So thank you so much for writing. Do you have a... Uh, okay. Let me just first start and say total red flags. This guy's whatever. Abusive and controlling and manipulative and all of the things. I was going to say needs to heal. <laughs> so both can be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is, you know... On his own journey. <laughs> he is on his own journey, and we can we can have empathy for that. Right, right, right. But, but we obviously don't have empathy doesn't the, know how to have, yeah. um, like, healthy uh, boundaries and uh, no. emotional behaviors. And, and also, like, the thing, going on Tinder and, like, changing the profile picture to, like, a, one that is, like, over five years old. Well, I guess that's not that old, however... Whatever. It is what it is. It's shady to me. It is shady. And saying that he was younger, period, that's a lie. For sure. Um, But I do want to, I want to validate you, Molly, in mm-hmm. this and say that the relationship that you had with him was, exhibited some markers of abuse, right? Yes. Financial abuse, emotional abuse, uh, the fact that he took on a parental role, the fact that he controlled what you wore, the fact that he was the one that bought everything, which meant that you were 
you know, sort of in a in a place of feeling beholden to him. Like those are all really, really clear mm-hmm. signs of abuse. And so I don't want to I don't want to give you a narrative that's not yours. Um, and so you should feel free to identify it in whatever way that you yep. want to. But what I will say is that from my own understanding of abusive relationships, like those are very clear markers to me that that the way that he was treating you was abusive. I totally agree. Um, and it's like weird grooming behavior. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it is predatory. Yeah, totally. And Molly, I... I want to say also that it's a very human response what you're do- what you're experiencing right now this fear mm. right and going back to that quote that I said at the very beginning about how you know the way you learned the survival strategies that you developed from your life are okay mm-hmm. and reasonable and understandable and logical based on the rules of reality that he helped create for sure right but those are not the rules of your life anymore, mm-hmm. right? So we understand why you're having this response. Honestly, I think that in the next 30 years, they're going to come out with like a subset of PTSD that's specific to relationships. I think so, honestly, for sure. yep. Because so you can totally experience PTSD in relationships and it's often inspired by traumatic events or emotionally abusive uh, dynamics, et cetera. But it's also, con- it's like conditioning. Interpersonal relationships are so intimate and so vulnerable mm-hmm. that even healthy relationships can kind of condition us with this Pavlovian response For sure. in future relationships. Yeah, I, I remember, I mean, t- not I remember it's present day to this day I have a really hard time with stern tones it Mm. sounds very silly particularly because I am one that welcomes conflict and hard conversations and I feel very equipped to have them but a stern tone or like a a a tone of like I'm I'm loud and angry at you Mm. really really makes me revert into like my child self Mm -hmm. not my i have the tools to solve this adult self yep yeah do you relate to that i do i actually relate a lot to the things that molly talked about like i think that the the my relationship with um him or he who shall not be named was very similar in a lot of different ways to the to the things that molly went through with her partner um in that there was a very strong power dynamic where he treated me like I was a child and mm-hmm. he was the one that knew everything. I can't even imagine that because you're so like self-sufficient and like good at your life. But I was not when I met him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> right? And so that's and so so Molly, you know, when I talk about that period of me being single and that period of me being like, "Oh, I can cook meals for myself," right? right? I can make the bed because it's a thing that I like to do. For myself. For myself, right? Like I can decide what movies I want to watch and I don't have to be embarrassed about them, right? Those were all actually me unlearning the things that my awful ex had taught me were bad. Yep. Right? And so um and so I want to say to you that what you are going through right now where you are trying to figure out what things you want to keep and what things you need to unlearn is mm-hmm. like a very normal thing when you are getting out of a relationship that is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I I wish that I could tell you clearly, take this, leave that, but I can't. Like that is the process that we go through when we when we move out of toxic relationships and honestly, even every relationship, right? Right. I know. I think about 
any interpersonal relationship. Right. Of just being like, what served me? What did I learn? And what do I want to take with me? Right. And what do I want to say that's not for me anymore? And so I think that it's really normal for you to have these reactions of being like, oh, I don't want people to buy me dinner because like, I just don't want people, I don't want to feel beholden to anyone. Like, right. I think that's a really, really normal reaction. But I also think that there's an opportunity there to say like, but do I actually want them to buy me dinner? Right. right? Or well, like, well, it's, you are allowing that person to, to still have agency in your life. Right. Yes. And also... I want to say to you that you have agency too, right? right? Like a person buying you dinner is not in any way a diminishment of your own ability to make decisions for yourself. Yes. I know that's what you were taught and what happened to you, but someone can buy you dinner and you can still be like, fuck you. I don't like you. Go away. Right. Right. And, or you can like, it's the same way that you can um, revoke consent at any time. Right. And you... You deserve to put yourself out there and receive this kindness. I think Sam and I are here to help you unpack all of this. But at, at the most simple level, we're here to remember that kindness is not always a weapon that will be yielded against you. For sure. Um, and I've been in situations. Have you ever like been with somebody who was like not in a not necessarily like how Molly said, like a parent figure, mm-hmm. but like who maybe somebody you were dating or or whatever like was like too nice and uh-huh. I'm, we're going to sound off. So we're going to sound like bitty, bitter, like petty old, you know, spinsters right now. But uh-huh. I, there was a couple of situations that I would put in by people who like their niceness went against my own wishes mm, and yep. it forced me to then be accommodating to them and their desires because sure. they would like give me a bicycle and make me go biking with them. I don't know. I'm making that up, <laughs> but um, without like getting into details, I do. I relate to Molly in that. Like, I do think sometimes people use niceness as a way to f- make you feel like you're, you owe them something. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that is not the case all the time, yep. the majority of the time. And even if it was Molly, Sam and I are here to remind you that you have the agency to say yes, no, thank you, good night at any moment, at sure. any time. Yep. And in this new world, as you take, as you enter this new reality and start rewriting the rules of your reality, you can rewrite them however you want. For sure. It might take you some time to adapt to them, but this is your world now. Yep. And you can take and leave what you learned from that relationship as you see fit. Yep. Um, you, none of that love was wasted. None of that time was wasted. Mm-hmm. But now is your time to rewrite this history. For sure. And I just want to tell you, Molly, something that uh, was really hard for me to learn. But you can say yes to kindness without being weak. Yeah. And you can let people take care of you without compromising yourself. Right. And I think... What's hard is that you have now learned sort of early on in your relationship journey that 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 kindness can be used as a weapon and that having someone take care of you puts you in a vulnerable situation. Um, But I'm telling you, as someone who has been in a similar situation and that has learned these hard lessons is that it doesn't like people. Sometimes there are people out there. Often there are people out there that just want to be helpful and just want to be kind to you. And that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And, and you will, I promise you be able to get to a point where you're able to accept that kindness and that compassion in a way that suits you. And in a way that affirms your strength rather than makes you feel weak. Absolutely. 
Thank you so much for writing, Molly. We love you. All right. That wraps up episode 69. Let's make another joke. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, That brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we're going to shout out something we want to set you up with. This week, we're going to send you home with... A TV show called Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, it's on Netflix right now. Um, it is a it's a sort of based on a true story about a young woman who was uh, sexually assaulted in her apartment by a person that she didn't know. Um, An intruder. Yes, and uh, the story of her telling the police about it. Police didn't believe her, um, and then it also tells the story of these two wonderful detectives. Um, played by Tony Collette, who's Love fantastic, her. and Merritt, I don't know her last name, but she is also a fantastic actress. But these two wonderful detectives who go and investigate the the rapes that the that man then went on to, to commit, commit. Um, and piecing together through like compassionate, really uh, like aware conversations with victims. Like uh, it's just like incredibly, incredibly written. So, so well acted. I agree. The first episode as a warning is very heavy on images of a, of sexual violence. And so like trigger warning out there for folks, it was hard for me to get through it. Um, but I will say that the, the show itself was just so affirming that there is a good way to talk about sexual assault and yes. that there is the capacity for us to treat sexual assault differently. That was just so, so affirming um, that by the end, I was crying like multiple totally. times because it was just the the fact that this was based on a true story of detectives who really got it and understood what it means to work with victims and to investigate to the fullest extent was just amazing. So uh, it's called Unbelievable. It's on Netflix. Check it out. I totally agree. And I want to say to anybody who hears the trigger warning about it to also, I want to say that this is... This is not a TV show that made the sexual assault like salacious in any way. Not you in know any what way. I mean? They don't even really show it, right? Right. But I think so often um, storylines take on these topics that are very real yep. and very traumatizing to so many people and make them like a uh, a plot point and not the mission of their of their tv show or movie right and this is so much victim forward um they just did such a beautiful job for sure it was all about her experience and very little about about the rapist in any way and it just wasn't like dramatized in like a it wasn't cheesy at all it was just like it, everything about it was beautiful. Yes. Very heavy watch, but very, very worth it. It, it just, was artistry, totally. It was It was just an amazing, like, it was just an amazing series from the beginning to the end. I was just so blown away by the yeah. performances, the writing. It was just so good. I totally agree. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can also slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our Just Break Up merchandise. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. And please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. And you get all of the past episodes that we posted on the Patreon also. Yes. A couple of people have asked me that. And so you get like a almost a year's worth of episodes sitting there in the bank ready for you to listen to. That's great. And you get discounted tickets to our live shows yep. as well. 
This literally keeps the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And remember, you radiate love and others reflect that love back to you. Right now, doing this head and heart work, you are attracting or cultivating relationships that are healthy, long-lasting, full of respect, and full of love. You are becoming a partner who is kind, compassionate, and understanding. Life is full of love and abundance, and you can find it everywhere. And if all else fails, just break up.